Welcome back to the 126 Podcast. This is episode 21 of season 4, February Coach of the Month special. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. Trying to stay dry. Yep. Yeah, I was good until the music started playing, and then I realized I lost some decimals off the top of my hearing scale. Well, our the, executive producer was a little exuberant this morning. No, it's because like. it's because I felt like I was a sixteen-year-old in the back of my uncle's car. With <laughs> we have to turn up your headphone volume more than everybody else, so you can hear uh, the guests. I see. Well, that may be true and necessary. It is, or may not be. Well, I'd like to shout out some uh, kudos to the Forney High School boys Jackrabbit basketball team who won a playoff game last night at Naaman Forest High School in Garland over McKinney North by, oh, 30-some-odd points. It uh, felt like about 30 of the points were dunks. I don't know how many uh, dunks Ronnie Harrison had. Coach O, we lost count at some point. but I did. I lost count at, like, five. At least three or four were alley-oops. And he's got go-go gadget arms, if you haven't noticed. Like, somebody can throw an alley-oop that I think there's no way he's going to get. And somehow his arm extends and he gets it and, and still dunks on people. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they kind of uh, tooted around and had a lead in the first half that we thought could have been a little better. But then they got going in the second half and really ran out that lead. They've got a playoff game in Tyler, I believe, at Tyler Junior College on Friday. Um, they'll be take off Mount Pleasant, who is undefeated on the season. It should be an outstanding matchup in the area round in Tyler. More information on that will be on our website, jackrabbitathletics.com. Keep an eye out for that on t- uh, for ticket information and so forth. Again, Friday evening, area round playoffs, Tyler Junior College. And, and i got to say – I don't want to jinx anything, if you believe in that kind of thing. Uh, Forney High is kind of rolling right now. They're they're on track. I don't want to put any pressure on our guest this morning either, who's got a season that's just starting. But they're on track to potentially, could potentially get every program in the state playoffs. Every program. Been a minute since that's happened. Uh, I can remember on the girls' side, maybe back in 09, something right around there, we had all our programs in the playoffs. Um, I don't know how long it's been since all programs, everyone start to finish at the entire campus have been in the playoffs, but uh, we're flirting with that right now as we go into spring. So that's kind of a neat place to be, a lot of, lot of uh, good things happening across the district in sports, but that Forney boys basketball team, as we've said from the beginning, is a lot of fun to watch. <clears throat> and I want to connect that real quick to, you know, those things don't just happen accidentally. You know, I mean, yeah, you have talented classes come through. Um, you have, you know, um, a tall kid every now and then basketball. Uh, our guest today, soon to be uh, announced, will have a super fast kid every now and then on a relay team or in a sprint. But <clears throat> truth is, it takes a lot of work and a lot of planning and a lot of intentionality to put together a program that's consistently performing at a high level and that includes many people many very competent dedicated adults it means 
the children in the programs and not to, uh, you know, hurt anybody's feelings, but we're talking about, um, you know, pre-adults that have to be bought in because, as we know, kids can make bad decisions and that may be a little bitty thing, maybe a real big thing, but bottom line is they've got to buy into the game plan. And I want to kind of tie that in and finish this up with we. one of the things we do in our athletic department that's very intentional to build our young pups. And I, we, when I, I'm looking at Coach O across the table, and we're not directly coaching young young pup athletes. We're coaching young coaches and trying to get young coaches to be better and to grow professionally into whatever their career endeavors are, hopefully here in Forney ISD, to be better for our kids. But one thing we do is called the ACA, Assistant Coach Academy. And coaches that are in the first years of their professional development come in uh, and we have different offerings to help them grow. And the last one we had, we had a panel of two Forney ISD assistant coaches. Now, you know, a lot of times you'll see a panel with ADs or a panel with the campus coordinators or even a panel with head coaches. But we know that in many ways the assistant coaches, and there are more of them than there are head coaches, obviously, are to some extent the lifeblood of the program. They're so important to of building blocks for all the direction and leadership that takes place in our athletic programs. And we had Coach Jeff Pruitt, who, who was on our podcast not too long ago. He was the Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association Assistant Coach of the Year. Uh, we had Taylor Jeffs, who's been a long time and very successful assistant coach in multiple programs at North Forney. So Forney and North Forney both represented. But we put them on a panel in front of a lot of young coaches and asked them some pointed questions. Um, not going to go into all that here. I wouldn't have time to go into the depth of knowledge and information that we got from them coach O and I always say this we learn we always learn something we coach you know we've got 40 plus years of coaching between us and in a lifetime involvement in athletics multi-generational in fact but we always learn something when we put our coaches in front of in front of our coaches and um, it was really good I'll share two things here quickly and then we'll get on to the fun stuff started out with this quote which I thought was really good and I think coach Pruitt said this but your thoughts rule your world. Your thoughts rule your world. So what we were doing was asking questions, and he was giving us something to think about, something for young coaches to put in their mind and think about, because what you think about will dictate what you do and how you uh, plan. This is the second part of that, and I'm tying this back into the intentionality of building a successful program. It doesn't just happen because you show up and – walk in a gym or go hang out at the track with your stopwatch. It happens because of another thing I think Coach Pruitt said, which was P5 or, or P to the fifth exponent, I think is the way he described it. But prior planning prevents poor performance. You don't get where you want to be unless you have a plan. Now, can you do some things off the cuff and, and be successful? Um uh, this, this podcast is probably a good example. We just pretty much walk in here and sit down with, and, 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 you know, we enjoy it. The podcast works because we have a great guest. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't work with an athletic program, with the development of young people. 
It really takes very intentional long-term, mid-term, and short-term planning, evaluation of where you are, where you need to go. And that's the coach's life. And uh, clearly, that's taking place at Forney High School. So kudos to Coach Fleener and Coach Idle and all the head coaches at Forney High. And particularly this morning to Coach Holloway and his staff, assistant coaches and head coach alike for putting together a really entertaining, fun basketball season. And best of luck to them on Friday night in the area round. And I will say personally, I'm very happy to hear that we we beat McKinney North. I think it was my senior year we lost to McKinney North like in like four different playoffs, like four different teams that Forney High had were knocked out by McKinney North. I think it was like over four that year against them. So to hear that we're beating them, you know, nothing against McKinney North, but as a former Jackrabbit, I guess always a Jackrabbit, I, I like to hear that. But let's move on. Well, all right. So today, in honor of Coach Cook and all of the routes that have been ran um, under her many years of cross-country and track expertise, we're talking courses. Three course meals, that is. What do we know about three course meals? Anything? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I assume the courses are like <clears throat> appetizer, entree, dessert. That's what about a five-course meal? Well, we're talking about three. That's my assumption. Why, why, I'm a basketball coach. Why can't I go with five courses? Well, because three was simple. <laughs> it's the most simplest one. Addison, you were correct. Okay. It could be an appetizer or main course of dessert, but there's 18 different three-course meals. Oh. 18 different combinations or 18 different options to put in the three 18 course. different options. Oh, okay. Now, this is a little bit like track, Sandy. <laughs> but let's introduce Sandy Cook, our yeah. guest yes. today. Our, our February Welcome. Coach of the Month, Sandy our Cook. February Coach of the Month. Hello. That's pretty special. We think Sandy's... Oh. <laughs> our, our EP comes through with a sound effect this morning. Yeah. Man. It I is forget, a special day. I always forget day. where they're at, and I don't want to hit the crickets <laughs> when we introduce a guest, especially not Coach Cook. I don't want to do that. So no, we wouldn't afraid. want to do that. But think about track. Think about all the different combinations. So you, you put different kids in different events probably every week to try to get those great combinations. Neat topic, Coach O. Yeah. Well, so you know, it, I know you're a historian, Coach Weaver. Well, I, mean, is, I it, do you, you use do that you, terminology very lightly. It's well, not, not a professional. There is some history but with this. I'm a hobbyist meal. historian. So is our job – the three of us to get all 18? No, well, <laughs> you can try. Not. You know, oh ev everyone thinks appetizer, main course. Mm -hmm. What yeah. I mean, what is an appetizer? Well, I don't know. Uh, it could be. Is a salad one of them? Yes, could be. Salad's got to be one could, of them. I say chips and salsa. Uh, yes. Okay, that could good. be one. Yeah. That's one of the 18. So we got two? Well, oh. maybe. Listen, you have to have a soup in there. Yeah. Soup, soup has to be one of them. Yeah. That's a good appetizer. You've got, actually, you could get salad, soup, and bread, and soups. then appetizer. <laughs> you yeah. Then you're, you you're going into more than three courses. Yeah. Well, oh. my wife and I have got to go to a wedding event in April, and I've already seen that it, there's a five. What happened? Holy smokes. Nothing. We're good. Nothing happened. Okay, nothing happened. Hey, that hasn't happened in a long time. Well, you know, we needed to keep it light. Now my table's going to fall over. 
the uh, five course. There's a five course meal being served at this wedding event, which is why I had it on my mind. I prefer a one course meal, and it comes in a round bowl. It's called yeah. Lucky Charms. <laughs> that's pretty. My, that's my common go to. That's one. Right? Maybe like with a giant burrito or is something. Is three bowls sort. of Lucky Charms a three course Are meal? Are we considered in that fine dining? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. So. I honestly couldn't even begin. I mean, yeah, salad, soup. That's all I can think. I mean, I don't know. What about an hors d'oeuvre? Oh, yes. What about shrimp and... A shrimp cocktail. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's but, so but it's like types, right? Like, yeah. oh, hors d'oeuvre okay. would be like a million different things. Well, what is an hors d'oeuvre? What about an aperitif? I don't let's, know. Let's go back to hors d'oeuvres. It's got to be something you can let's eat with your hands. the meaning of that. Do we know the meaning of hors d'oeuvre? Hors d'oeuvre. Why are y'all looking at me? Well, you're the historian. I'm not. I don't speak it's, French. It's it means outside the work, outside which the work. means that you're eating it before you eat right. your big meal. Oh, okay, isn't it history. fun? Isn't it fun to get such an education from Coach O in this segment each week? Yeah, I mean, really good. Let's move to the main course. Okay, do we know what it's called in America? An entree. Ding ding ding! Very good, Addison. Good job. What does it usually consist of? A protein. Yes. A meat. Vegetables. Vegetables. And a vegetable. That's that it? is correct. Uh-huh. You're not saying anything, Weaver. I I'm listening. I'm learning. This okay. Is... Let's move on. Let's move on. What about the dessert? What about the Give dessert? Give us some options. What could the dessert be? Cake. Addison's going to say ice cream. If ice he cream. Doesn't, there's yes, cake. Soap of peas. Yes. Oh, Sandy's stuck on uh, Tex-Mex. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> would that's we my consider thing. like coffee a dessert? Some people would. I wouldn't. I think people have coffee yeah. with their dessert. With their dessert. Yeah. yeah. I often have coffee before, during, and after a meal. One of my favorite beverages. Do we have any idea where the three-course meal may have originated from? What country? Yeah. Where? I, I don't know. I thought y'all knew. Oh, I was judging. Spain. Uh, France. You, Wait, have you been looking at my oh, paper? Oh, he has. You no, have. I have not. He I cannot see that. I cannot see that. He's got young eyes. I know he's, he did. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I don't appreciate being called a liar. Yeah, he's answering to me. He already looked at my I paper. I did not look at your paper. You think? Yes, no. it originated in Spain in the ninth century. Three-course meal. I have a third eye. The That's what it is. Yeah, the <laughs> I was I told my wife that. She doesn't believe there. me, but it's true. <laughs> I do. All right. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty interesting, Coach O. I try. You could really get sure. deep. We could, you know, Addison would uh, characteristically like to have a podcast probably about this topic now. Yeah, He could go quite deep into ice cream. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could really delve into. I think we need to have a this day in history three course that lasts meal. like sixty seconds on the podcast. That would be great. Speaking too. of ice sports cream. history, we could do that. We could. Yeah. So of. many possibilities. Mm-hmm. Okay, ice cream. Do we like gelato? Yeah. It's okay. Not really. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. What? Like the, I don't like the texture. Just, it's a little too soft. Yeah. I need. I need a little cream. Yeah. It's yeah. a little too soft. Love gelato, but you know, it is European, so it's Italian, sir. Yeah, a little too soft. And uh, if you go to Italy and have gelato, I think you would change your mind. You're probably having it like at the deli counter in a a grocery store. So you've been to Roy City or something. I'm sorry, but that doesn't really. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, not all of us get AD checks, Coach Weaver. We can't all go to Italy to get gelato (laughs) whenever we want to. Actually, 
that uh, that won't get you there either. <laughs> in fact, if they find out, it might get you tossed out. Do they have gelato in Peru? I don't know. You're going to find out, aren't you? I'm sure it exists there, but I bet I it's a lot so. like it is here. If I had to guess, it's just as Italian as it is here, right? I guess. I mean, they're just as far. We'll find out. Yeah, probably a little further. Sandy Cook, welcome to the podcast table. <laughs> We, well, thank we, you for having me. We need to get to the main course of, we do. We need to get of to this yes. podcast. Um, you have been at Forney High School that I mentioned in the uh, Weave, that, that campus where lots of good things are going on, but you've been uh, experiencing good things at that campus for a little bit. And for the casual 126 listener who may not know Sandy Cook that well, Give us a little introduction to um, just who you are and how you got here to this podcast table today. Well, that's a long journey, isn't it? Well, I guess I'll have to start at the very beginning, and uh, it's been about 38 years at this point. I can't really keep up with them. Coach Maxfield hired me, um, and I started out at Forney Middle School, actually, which is where the admin is now. And there were actually 13 middle school teachers there at that time. And we didn't even have a cafeteria. We bused our kids from um, the middle school to either, it wasn't Warren, it was the high school. Uh, The eighth graders went to the high school to eat lunch, and then the seventh graders went to Johnson to eat lunch. And so every day, the coaches, of course, volunteered, the men coaches, to volunteer to do that, so they got free lunches. And so that left all us ladies, uh, the women coaches and uh, teachers there, and we had a blast while those kids were gone at lunch. So every day it was like <laughs> a vacation until they drove back up. And then um, we moved to uh, out there where Forney High School is as a middle school, and I was still actually a middle school coach at that point and had really nice facilities after coming from the admin where it was literally like a dungeon to go down into your dressing room. Um, You might actually have sewer coming up through the pipes. I mean, you never knew. So um, Uh, That is now used as a set for uh, horror movies that my students film. It's a fantastic location to shoot something scary. I can imagine. Because it was scary back then, and that was a long time ago. (laughs) <clears throat> so then um, when Forney High School eventually moved to the middle school out where they are now, uh, I actually stayed there as a high school coach and teacher. And um, from there, I've had many, many great assistant coaches. Uh, I've been very blessed to have great athletes. Um, and, you know, people have always asked me, hey, why do you just stay in one place? And Actually, this is my home. I live five minutes away. Why would I move? It's like, it's, it's wonderful. I love Forney. I love being a jackrabbit. And um, basically, that's where I am at this point. Where did the track kids go when you were at the admin building? What, what is now the admin building? Where'd you run? On that back uh, football field. Okay. Not on the track. You actually ran on the grass. To- yes. And if you haven't been on that back football field, it is... When you run towards the middle of the field, it's like running uphill because it is so sloped. Um, and at one point, whenever there was still a little press box there and stuff, it was actually a really cool little old school Texas high school yeah. stadium. But now, of course, it's not really used for that. I think the trees destroyed the press box. 
Um, yeah, there's they they still do some yep. peewee practices right. and stuff out there. There's some there's some soccer that plays there on Saturday morning. For you whippersnappers that yep. uh, don't know about anything but turf, uh, it's got a significant mm-hmm. crown on that field. Yep. They used to have have to have a pretty good crown because when it started pouring down rain, you're playing football. The water had to wash off the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, it just drains through and we get really spoiled. But mm-hmm. a lot of good forney athletes have played on that field. Oh though. goodness, yeah. And I have a suggestion. I really think you need to go in and revamp that gym. Me? Why? Why? You're in why, why, why you're in how am I going to do that? Have you seen our athletic budget? Can I say that on? on well, no? I think Coach you need to I'm really push to it. The district should do that. That is amazing, gym. I think so. It is too. cool. It's, it's in use. I mean, it gets you. The district uses, uses it. it for yeah. sure. There could be I other still a highly used facility. The, the only issue is that it is not the size of a standard basketball court today. No, it's real small. In fact, if you stand in the corner to shoot a three, you have to be on your tiptoes because your feet cannot fit between the three-point line. I never line really realized that. Your heels would be out of bounds. It would bounds. be good for – I think it would be a really cool place to have the Brown versus Warren basketball game uh, every year. No. No, it'd no. be cool. It would be very nostalgic. It is it cool. Uh, I doubt there's. I know no restrooms work. I'm positive there's no yeah, there's uh, the HVAC. But it's a really either, cool, really cool. The job. floor is really dark because it's been lacquered so many times. It's not a stain. It's literally just layers and layers of yes, absolutely. Stuff, and it's really cool. It is cool, and and we used to have. I mean, we. We had teams practicing. Was, yeah, we had practice in that yeah. gym back in the two thousands. I was the last group that ever probably played basketball. Uh, two thousand nine, we were still freshman practice was still at that gym, and yeah. there was a huge hole in the court. Boy, that could you really? had to avoid. Yeah, and the floor was crazy <laughs> slippery. Yeah, you'd get to yes. run, and it was like being on ice, you know. But what a press you could put on in that. Gym. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> all right, so <clears throat> I have all kinds of suggestions. I bet you do, and and we're we're glad to hear suggestions. Just don't, uh, you know. Don't give us any ultimatums because <laughs> we're fairly limited on what we can do. But one Don't thing back we, us in a corner. So. Yeah, we definitely can do is talk about the great stuff that you've been doing in your track program for a long time. And you've had I'm gonna I'm gonna start this out by the fact that you're a state champion. Yeah, what what event was that in? Well, it's the four by two. The four by two. They called it the eight hundred meter relay at that point. Yeah. What leg were you? Number three. I thought it was it the eight eighty at one point? It might have been. I think it was. I think it transitioned at some point. But anyway, um, you're a state champ, and you also have coached state champions and many state qualifiers over the years. Um, and you've coached in, I guess, Forney would have been 3A, mm-hmm. probably. I, well, you weren't here when it was 2A. No, would, 3A. That would have been 4A, too far no. back. Yeah, so 3A, 4A, 5A, and then we know the destiny of Forney High. Yes. And year after next will be 6A. But um, you've served at the middle school level. High school level, you've been campus girls coordinator when you need you to fill in for that. And interestingly, you're a retire, rehire. And we, we can get into that as much as, as you want to, but it's a that to me, from an athletic director standpoint, it's a, it's a really great thing because we can keep someone like a Sandy Cook. We had Tommy Mankins on staff for a while that was a retire, rehire. With great knowledge and, and the ability to be a mentor, we can keep you involved and um, not just benefiting our kids, but benefiting really the whole structure. Would you agree with that, Coach O? Yes, and I, I think that Sandy doesn't give herself enough credit for the impact that she has on kids and coaches in our district. I'd like to read an excerpt from the nomination form um, and give a little insight after I read it about who nominated her and why we love uh, Sandy so much. 
Coach Cook is a wonderful coach. She loves on our athletes daily, and I have witnessed her pouring into her teams and building up the girls in a way that is special. In turn, I have also seen the way her runners respond to her. She holds herself to high standards as a coach and expects a lot out of her athletes, but still is a shoulder to cry on and an ear to hear. She understands what it means to be a great coach, not just a tough coach. She leads her coaching team with understanding as well. She brings out the best in everyone she is around. She is very professional and kind. She is generous with time and patient with those around her. She is greatly deserving of this praise. Now, I've said this a thousand times, Coach Cook is one of my absolute favorite coaches of all time. I've never coached with her. I've only worked with her in this four years in Fournier ISD. She is one of the, my favorite coaches of all time. But the, the person that nominated her, this is a coach that has only been in our district for one year. Mm, interesting. So that kind of just gives you an idea of the impact that she has. So, like, everything in here that was said, I absolutely know that it is genuine and authentic because it's Coach Cook. Well, thank you. Well, I could get very emotional. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like it's a blessing to me to be this age and able to come and every day deal or not really deal, but interact with young kids. And I wish you could have been in our office yesterday. It was amazing. You know, we come to school in the morning like at 6.30. Then we have a break from 8 to 8.30 before we start our athletics. And at that point, some of the kids come in and we have breakfast bars and they might heat up their um, oatmeal or their bagels. I mean, we keep that stuff there. And they, they're they just so amazing to just sit there and listen to them. And I was literally you know, laughing so hard I'm crying they had gone, they had this video of going into, let's say, um, a store, and they were trying on clothes with their clothes on and acting like they were, you know, they had this video, and they, it was just um, so funny to me. And it's just things like that that I would be missing out if I was just at home, retired, doing nothing. And they're so special, just in more ways than just out there on the competition field. Speaking of the competition field, you were out there this morning <clears throat> before school started with track kids, weren't you? Tell I us was, about that. Yes. So we start at six thirty, and when you have distance kids, they get really tired of running indoors. And thankfully, we do have that indoors facility, so we we can do that. But today was a longer run, let's say thirty minutes. So they want to go outside. It's drizzling just a little, but runners like that. And so here they go. There's about twenty, twenty five of them because they have boys too, and Everything's really good until 20 minutes into the run. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if you were out there, the wind picked up and the rain picked up, and they're just soaking wet by the time we get them all in. Now, of course, we had to send kids out to gather them up because some kids are still out there running because, you know, they're kids. But, I mean, they're soaking wet. But it was a fun day. They they loved it. They want to run every day like that. Now, Coach, now be honest. When the rain was coming down. Did you have an umbrella or were you getting wet? I'm inside. Oh, okay. I'm inside, holding the door open, yelling She sends the assistants out in the smart, rain, Coach. Smart. This is, this good is leadership. The, that good wisdom leadership. of lots of experience. Delegation. When it starts coming, I'm like, in, indoors. It's funny you tell both those stories about kids and, you know, technology changes, the circumstance, the, the facilities change, the, the density of a population area change. Kids don't ever change. 
kids are kids. You know, kids want to have fun. They want to be successful. They want to have uh, meaningful relationships. And um, you've been doing, you've been understanding kids and then building that into something positive a long time. And she mentions her age. She's like, well, you know, it's great for me to be this age and continue to do this. And I'm not going to ask Sandy your age, but look, people, we, we don't, we don't give people with age can be wisdom if those years are used appropriately and, and doing something constructive like Sandy. I mean, I don't care which side of the political scale you fall on, but uh, Joe Biden's 80 and Donald Trump is 76. They're, they're, they're running they, the last two people running this country. So, you know, looking at it, again, I'm going to go back to the reti- a retire rehire coach is an absolutely invaluable asset to an organization. And especially when they're good, right? If they, if they weren't really good, we wouldn't rehire them. <laughs> but we were, we were, you know, we begged Sandy to come back and work for us because. And, and to have the mix, it? I think is huge. Yeah. To have young coaches that are hungry and energetic and they're willing to go out there in the rain and do, you know, do <laughs> all that stuff that the coaches who've been here for 20, 30 years don't want to do. That's great because then they get to learn and they're going to learn more from coach Cook and coach Pruitt than they probably learned. Yeah. I mean, through any sort of coaching curriculum that they've done to this point. So to have the mix, I think, is really where you find something special. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's really unique about this situation is his dad, Coach Weaver's dad, was my coach, and then he hired me as my my first year coaching. So I was able to learn in that year a lot about coaching, which I'd always been his athlete. I didn't ever see that side of him as a coach, and it was – Really, a very unique learning experience. We were watching a home movie over Christmas break, and uh, at our house, my sister found some old, old film and had it, you know, transferred to, to digital media like you can now. And we were looking at some of it, and um, I saw a young Sandy on there. It was really, it was really cool. I sent her a screenshot. Uh, we might have to uh, release a clip of that video yeah, people, on social the media. Need to see that. Yeah. It's funny because when I came to been I've been in Forney a minute too, not as long as Sandy has, but when I came to Forney I had no idea Sandy was here, but you know, one of those people that you get to know immediately that um, also immediately starts to have an impact on you and your philosophy and the way you do things um are people like Sandy and uh we talked about Tony Jackson was at, at middle school and just seeing the way he interacted with kids made an impression on me as a young coach. Uh there were a lot of people like that. When you're to your point, Addison, when as young coaches, we can have the people around us that teach us how to do it right. Instead of us spending five years fumbling in the dark, trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's a shortcut to excellence because Sandy's doing something excellent and has been doing it that way for a long time. She's figured out. So she's made the mistakes and learned from people older than her and figured things out that we can learn from just by example. Mm -hmm. So, So much easier way to learn than fumbling through those mistakes yourself. And I do think it's it's really cool whenever you can work with somebody that you knew in a different capacity like you were just talking about because, like, so many of the coaches that are with the district right now were coaching whenever I was in school, like Coach Cook. So it's like to get to come back and see them and talk to them just in a different way from a different perspective, you start to pick up on a lot of stuff that coaches do that, like, as a kid, you didn't notice it. And, well, you didn't realize you noticed it. You know, you mm-hmm. didn't know that, oh, this did make an impact on me. And then you get to see them, and they're still doing it. They're doing it intentionally. They do it for a reason. Then now they can kind of come to you and tell you why. And you can you can learn so much just from that, like getting to see them both as a coach and then as a, as a colleague, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, we have so many veteran coaches here that are good. It was one of the main reasons why we wanted to start our mentoring program that we have this year. And and Sandy is one of our mentors. You know, we identified about, I don't know, 15 or so coaches that had zero to one year's experience. And we didn't want them to fall into the cracks of just that life of being a teacher and a coach and being overwhelmed. So we kind of voluntold some of our veteran coaches. Um, they were going to help us pilot this mentoring program. And I remember Sandy saying um, this program was just as good for her as it was the mentee, you know, and that's, that's the kind of attitude and the mindset that, that we want our coaches to have to pour into each other. Coach, talk to us a little bit about that, how the mentoring program has been going for you and your mentee. Well, I really feel like I don't have as much time as I really would like with her, but um, when I do meet with her, it's, I really get an insight on the struggle of being in the classroom, being new, uh, dealing with parents, dealing with behavior issues with athletes, um, all of that um, really is overwhelming if you think about it. So um, anytime that anybody can step in and help in any way, give any kind of suggestion, uh, ease that burden, I think that it's beneficial. Um it's really hard these days to be a coach and not only that, to be in a classroom. And it's almost like double duty. And we know now that, you know, teachers will just walk out, you know, for mm-hmm. no reason, basically. They just put down there, well, there's a reason. But, I mean, they won't finish the season or finish the year. And uh, it's even harder, I think, for coaches to keep going and keep going. So I think anytime anybody can step in and, and ease some of that burden, it's going to be beneficial. I think what's the average teacher career now? Like two and a half years or something like that. It's I mean it's pretty it was less than three. Yeah, it's 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 gotten lower. You take Sandy and Tommy Mikens out, it drops to six months. Right. <laughs> you know the uh, the the thing of the the matter fact of the matter is I do th- and I talk about this a lot. We talk about this a lot. Our environment here in Forney ISD, we hope we're trying to build one that's conducive to keeping coaches in and making giving them a place to work that's re- not just rewarding on the student end because that's always going to be available in athletics. Uh, but from a, a work standpoint, you know, from um, having somebody like Sandy to connect to. I was talking to Adam Young yesterday, who's our coordinator over at Warren Mill School. I know he listens to this podcast every week. And Adam was, say, was talking about that, you know, there's nothing like – um, being able to come back and work where you went to school and being able to reinvest in that. And we've got a number – Addison's an example. We've got a number of people that are that fit in that category here. we got Sandy who started somewhere else and then came and has been invested in Forney a long time. We've got people in the middle of that range. Coach O, you're one of those. Been here several years now investing in this. And then you've got the people like the coach that, that nominated Sandy, first year in, but already those good impressions are being made and it's bringing into – that envi- becoming part of that environment, being assimilated in. But if you don't have the people at the top end, like Sandy Cook, who helped create that environment and, and have been forging it for a long time, um, so much is missing. So much of the depth of experience is missing. Sandy, yes. give us some Forney stories. Let's talk about um, – now, you've coached a lot of things over the years at the high school, but your primary focus – is track and field and cross country. And um, uh, you gave us a good story about track practice at 6.30 a.m. in the rain just this morning. But tell us about some of the, the kids that uh, 
have really stood out or the the track meets, the state events, the Texas relays, you've kind of been through the gamut. What things stick out in your mind is, is very memorable? Well, De- DeBron Blanton, um, I don't know if you know his name, but he's almost an Olympian sprinter. Was. If you've been in Fournier very long, you mm-hmm. probably know his name. Well, I witnessed firsthand, it was the regional track meet, the final um, of finals in the 100 dash, and his blocks slipped, and he actually fell down. They didn't shoot the gun to call back the race, and he got up and won the race in 100 meters at a regional final race. And, yeah, a regional final. So he's not racing against, you know, <laughs> yeah. the slower people in the district. He, they're, he's racing against the fastest, the in, fastest the state. in the this, state. This region is typically. Yeah, fastest in the state. In the shortest race that when he was in high school, he was running in under 11 seconds, under 10 and a half seconds, right? Um, so to slip and fall. <laughs> in 100 meters. Right. That's one of those stories that I've, I've heard. I wasn't there, you know. I mean, I was alive at this point, but I was not there. But I've heard a lot of coaches tell the story. And it's one of those stories that, like, if I didn't hear it from a certain coach, like, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Because to fall down in 100 meter, it's a, you know, that's a death sentence. You're not even... Not only are you not going to win, you're probably going to get dead last. And he won. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is the stuff of legend. Yeah. And a lot of times those are, you know, legends can be kind of skewed over the years. Right. You've got an eyewitness here. Oh, yeah. I've heard it from I've heard it from yeah. Coach Cook. I've heard it from Coach Makins. I've heard it from a bunch of coaches that, that were here. Cool. I've heard it from students that went to school with DeBrian. I mean, everybody was like, oh, we couldn't believe it. Like, they're like, he fell down in his... His chest, chest hit the ground. Like, it wasn't like he tripped. Like, <laughs> yeah. his, he was flat, on his all the way flat. Down. Yeah, he was flat on his stomach. <laughs> well, maybe we can hear it from Kind of like a burpee. We, we need him on the podcast. We do need to get DeBrian on the him. podcast. Yeah. DeBrian, come. <laughs> yes, come List, the uh, podcast listeners, if you have DeBrian's cell phone number, well, would you I please text like, him? Uh, I think the Terrell coach might be an uncle. The Terrell oh, yeah. track coach might be oh, really? an uncle of DeBrian. Well, mm-hmm. I played high school basketball with DeBrian's little brother, O'Neal. And I will say, as the as the younger brother of a good athlete, my brother lettered like eleven times or something, and you know he played three different sports and was really a good athlete in high school. And I was not. Um, I mean, I played, I enjoyed sports, but I was not a great athlete. And I can say I really and O'Neill was a good athlete. O'Neill was on varsity basketball as a freshman when we were, you know, five A or whatever. I guess then it was technically four A, but. Um, He's a good athlete, but I was just like the whole time through middle school through high school, I felt so bad for O'Neill because it was like he oh. would hear his name and every coach is like, "It's Jabrine's little brother," and yeah. it's like if he's not an Olympian, he's kind of a disappointment to them or something. And it was like this kid's still really athletic and very yeah. good, yeah. But you know, he wasn't Jabrine because nobody has been Jabrine in no right, track. Yeah. I mean, those those are generational athletes. Yeah, yeah. Sandy, you've been to the girls' the state track meet. Many times, too. You've had some great relays. Uh, well, really, the whole gamut, sprinters and middle-distance kids and distance kids and field eventers and throwers. Um, what are some girls' side moments that stick out to you? You know, it's really hard for me to say because a lot of those kids mean so much, and if I don't mention their name, you know, it's one of those things. Oh, but yeah. Hey, listen, we know <laughs> Sandy loves every single kid that ever came I'm just came saying through. things that just jump out at my head. Well, one of them is uh, Shandrell Stevens, who is, uh, she's on our record board, and she is a state champion in the 200. And um, when she came to our program as a sophomore, she was on the JV 
team, okay? Like, so that girl, she was, and she'll tell you, she was probably pretty lazy. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, literally, and I'd have to get her out of the tent all the time to go warm up. And, and but she was still one of my favorite. And um, she went from being on the JV to a state champion. Yeah. I mean, not many people can say that. Year and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one is, of course, Kiana Hahn. And I have a picture in my uh, office with her holding all these medals just dripping off of both arms as she's outstretched on. I mean, it's just an amazing uh, picture. But the story with her not just being the champion, you know, on the on the track, but it was her senior year, the finals to the 300-meter hurdles, and uh, she and uh, one of the Carrollton girls always went neck to neck, neck to neck. Uh, Kiana had already qualified in the 100-meter hurdles to go to state. And Kiana had gone several years in the hurdles, 100, 300 hurdles. It didn't really matter. But this is the finals at the regional meet. And Kiana falls on hurdle number four. And, I mean, really, you were there, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, the hurdle goes flying, you know, just really, she really hits the hurdle hard. Uh, that girl gets up and finishes the race. Um, she walks over and congratulates, you know, everyone that's around her. There is no emotion of poor me, you know, I just hit the hurdle. Look how, you know, I'm hurt. And she walks off with class. Mm. And she never once, you know, voiced even to me how disappointed she was in the fact that she fell. I think she just accepted that that does happen, and what a champion that is. I mean, and everyone in those stands, and I, I promise, everyone in those stands respected her, and they verbally were saying it out loud. Yeah. How much respect they had for that girl as she finished that race. It was a thing of beauty to watch her run the hurdles. It really is. I mean, to see a, a great track athlete do their thing is just pure uh, joy, I, I think, from a coach's standpoint, you know, because it's just it's so easy to see what's what's being displayed in front of you and then to see it come out in their personality, too, with that. I, I got two thoughts on that. One, that's the kid, the parent, and the coach. And that that triangle right there is so powerful to, in, in the development of a, of a young person. The second thought is, how well does that translate oh, to yeah. the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. And that is so rare to have a high school, not, I mean, for a high school student to be okay with a disappointing thing like that, it's one thing for a student who is not winning all the time Yeah, to deal with that and to deal with it well. But for a student that is used to winning, and, you know, it's really easy for a 17-year-old superstar athlete to have an ego. It's probably the most natural thing in the world. It's easy to have a good attitude when you're the superstar. Whenever you lose, whenever you mess up, and whenever it's all on you and everybody's looking at you, that's way harder yeah. to act like a champion at that point. And so to do that, I mean, that's just wild, like annoyingly mature to me. Because I'm just like, <laughs> I hear whenever high school high schoolers do stuff like that, I'm just like, what? Like, who does that? <laughs> How like, do you, yeah. Like, just, you know, get angry, yell, like, yeah. get mad, do what I would do, because it <laughs> makes me feel bad whenever you act more mature than me. Like, so, yeah, that's rare. That's rare. It seems like there's just a huge transparency in track. You just, you cannot yeah. hide. You nope. can't. That's good, yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah. I have one more, though, and I, I really have to mention Lauren Watts. Yep. 
what a blessing that not only did I coach her for four years, and I probably even knew her way before that, but for her to come back and be my assistant coach. And that probably was the probably the best five years of my coaching career is to have her there at my side with all that young in energy. And, I mean, of course, we had our battles, of course, you know. But oh, yeah. she, that was one of the, probably the, Best things that ever happened to me as a coach is to be able to coach with one of my former athletes. And she's gone on to be a head coach in another district very successfully. Uh, you could probably find her at a regional or state meet. Oh, around. she's everywhere. <clears throat> I won't take track. credit for for that, Sandy, but I will tell you when when she was a seventh grader, I, my nickname for her was Coach Watts, and it's because of her mouth and her attitude. She was so bossy. And yes. I'll write in the middle of everything, trying to be and one of the coaches big. on staff. Yeah, in seventh <laughs> grade. And uh, here, there she grows up, and she's Sandy's assistant here. And gone on to great things. She's herself. actually in the Woodlands as an assistant. But she is all over track and field and all over um, yeah. cross country. She's everywhere. So she's We we for sure need to have some of these folks. Chandrell came hey. in and joined. She is a podcast veteran. Yes, she is. But we need Kiana on. Yeah. We need uh, Lauren on. We need to, to get some of these folks on here and connect some of these dots. For sure. Well, Sandy, what are you looking forward to now? This is a, You're the head track coach in, in uh, your O-something mm-hmm. season, and this is probably our last round here of 5A this year and next year, and then Fournier will be, um, have grown into the upper classification in the state. But – What's going on in the Forney High Track program? In all my years at Forney, I have approximately 85 to 90 kids that actually are on a row where I check they're here every day. Um, that's not happened. I mean, 65 at the most last year, and now we're looking at 80, 85. Um, we're real excited. A new district that really, uh, the alignment helps us so much. Uh, I know, you know, going against Lancaster, that's going to give up a lot of those sprint points. But that's one team. <laughs> you know, we were in that Highland Park, Roy City um, district that took a lot of our um, district, the distant points that we could accumulate. So real excited about that opportunity. I have such great assistant coaches that really have a passion for what they're doing. They're making the kids feel important. And to me, that's really a key in the sport is to make the kids feel important and that they make a difference. It's really hard. You know, you can really get lost fast when you have like 80-something kids out there. So in the mornings, we do distance um, workouts. And then at 7, the sprinters come in with the hurdles. And then in the afternoon, we do the field events and uh, handoff relays. So we're Pretty busy over there. Busy right place, now. yeah. And that's well, just track. And that's just track, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of a lot of participation, a lot of opportunity for good, not just on the track. And and we know what those kids are getting out of the program that you run. So we appreciate the work that you're doing. <clears throat> it's been appreciated, obviously, for tr- truly for decades now. Uh, but we know the kids in this moment in 2023 at Forney High School are going to be better. They're going to be successful in many ways because of being a part of that program, and that's really what we're shooting for here. And so kudos to you and to your to your staff. 
to all the kids that are part of your program out there working out in the rain at 6.30 a.m. And um, we just, we just, we really blessed. We feel really blessed to have you investing in our school district. Well, thank you, and I feel honored to be here. Well, a well-deserved Coach of the Month for Coach Cook. Um, I think that's all the time that we have for today. Y'all make sure that you subscribe, follow, keep up with everything going on in Fort Nasty Athletics on all of our websites and social media channels, um, and we will talk to you all next week.